You're listening to the Winsight Podcast Network. Increase covers, not costs. It's time to level up with Talk, the restaurant industry's leading reservation platform. Join today using promo code RESTAURANTS3 for three months free off of your base subscription. Terms and conditions apply. Go to jointalk.com slash podcast. That's jointalk.com slash podcast. How long will people keep paying high delivery prices? Hello, this is Jonathan Mays, Editor-in-Chief of Restaurant Business. And in this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, I speak with RB senior technology editor Joe Gaskowski about DoorDash's push to get operators to keep delivery prices the same as regular menu prices. Joe and I discuss his recent report on the menu price markups on delivery when compared with buying inside the restaurant and why operators do this. We also discuss why DoorDash's algorithm punishes those restaurants that charge higher menu prices and what the op providers push on the topic means for broader delivery demand. U.S. consumers have been shifting away from pizza delivery over the past 18 months, perhaps in part over inflation. Is DoorDash's move a sign that they are worried about the same thing? We talk about that on this podcast. So it's an interesting discussion on delivery prices and consumers. So please have a listen. All right. I'm here with Joe Guskowski. Joe, welcome again to the podcast. Good to be back. All right. So... Uh, we took a look recently at the price for delivery uh, orders on DoorDash, comparing them to what you pay inside the restaurants, which unsurprisingly generally came back more expensive. But I want to ask, I want you to talk a little bit about, you know, the why we ended up doing that and and sort of the controversy at the moment between what DoorDash is doing to to operators that charge higher menu prices? Yeah, so basically what's happening at DoorDash is, so they have a, they, DoorDash has a formula, just like all the other delivery apps do, that determines uh, you know where your restaurant shows up on the app. And there's a lot of things that goes into this formula. First of all, the commission that you pay, which you, know, you can pay different commissions that give you better visibility. It can also have to do with you know your performance, your accuracy, your your ratings, um, your location. But on DoorDash, at least one of those variables is your pricing and how closely it compares to your in-store pricing. With the idea being that the the closer, the more consistent your pricing is with your regular menu, the better that looks for you in the overall formula of where you show up. This is, they have told me that this has apparently been part of the algorithm for a long time. I was not aware of it until recently. I don't think a lot of restaurants were aware that their pricing could hurt them in the app. Um, and I do know that they have been pushing restaurants with direct communications to, hey, look at your prices. They're too high and it could be hurting your sales because customers are getting wise to the fact that the delivery prices are inflated and they can get it for less if they go to the restaurant. That's kind of where we're at. And that's why we decided to look at, okay, how how much are restaurants marking up these prices? How widespread is it? And um, so, yeah, that's why we, that's why we, 13 of us, I think, ordered uh, the same thing from 
the delivery app and the restaurant itself to see that what the difference was. What was the difference on average? The average markup was uh, just over 20%. Mm-hmm. And just pretty much consistent with other studies that have done this. So, yeah. And really only, I think there's only like one or two that didn't mark it up. There were two, there, there was one that the price was lower on, on DoorDash, which we couldn't figure that out. Yeah. And then the other was, uh, they just had no markup. Those were both independents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm suspecting that weren't they both in New York? I think one was New York and one was in Colorado. Okay. All right. Um, and, but I mean, I think, you know, what was, what was restaurants, what, what's generally been from your perspective, the, the reaction from restaurants about this? Well, they're not happy about this because the whole reason they mark up prices is to cover the charges that DoorDash is charging them. So as we all know, restaurants pay commission on third-party delivery orders, can be as high as 30%. And uh, usually the, the lower tier is like 15%. So, you know, that makes it really hard to uh, make money on those orders. And the simple solution is to just raise the prices and offset the commission. And if customers are willing to pay it, that's great. If not, no harm, no foul. Those are typically seen as incremental sales. So it's not like you're losing a core customer. You may be losing new customers if they don't like the prices. But as we've seen until kind of recently, people have been largely willing to uh, pay for delivery, even though it's so expensive. Um, and I think we're just starting to see now some real pushback from customers. And so restaurants are in a position where, okay, we can lower our prices, maybe get more sales on DoorDash because the prices are lower, but they're not going to be as profitable. So it's kind of a, a calculation the restaurants need to make now, like how far can we push the markups to where it, it all balances out and we still get the margin we're looking for. I guess one of the big questions that I have is, do you have any sense? Now, I know DoorDash's order numbers continue to demonstrate growth, but I kind of wonder if they're taking market share as much and, and that's less about organic growth and delivery and more about taking market share. But the fact of the matter is they're, they're getting growth. And, but like, I, I kind of look at that as, as a sign that they are definitely concerned about the potential impact of these prices on demand. And, you know, to me, I mean, the concern there is like, all right, if you're, I mean, if people are willing to pay the price and you're apparently getting order growth, why do you care? Uh, You want restaurants to continue to use the service. You know, so A, they must feel pretty strong about the stickiness of the demand for their service that they're willing to take this kind of step for restaurants because I still think that they would risk losing them if restaurants start thinking this. But at the same time, it, 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 it also tells me that, you know, maybe they're, con- you know, maybe they're getting concerned or they're seeing some consumer pushback on, on, on the pricing levels because some of the pricing is kind of astounding. Yeah, I mean, in our test, we had uh, orders where we ended up, you know, after the markups, all the fees, the delivery fees, the tip, you end up paying double um, on DoorDash than you would if you'd just gone and got it yourself. I can't say for sure, you know, what DoorDash is seeing. Like I said, they're they're going out of their way to communicate to restaurants that, hey, your prices, take a look at your prices, which suggests that, yeah, they are seeing 
maybe some demand um, fall off. And then you go and you listen to Noodles um, last week said they've seen a precipitous decline in their delivery sales because they've got a big markup. And other other brands have said the same thing. There are very few in this last round of earnings calls. There are very few restaurants that said delivery is still growing. Mm-hmm. Um, only two that I could find, which was Starbucks and Wingstop, yeah. that said delivery is growing year over year. <laughs> I, so yeah, McDonald's also said said that the growth is slowing. It's slowing. It's yeah. still growing at McDonald's, sure, but they. Yeah. They've but, been kind of bullish on it. And this was the first time that they said, you know, we're not really, we don't see this as a big source of growth as we did before. Yeah. Maybe. That's actually a really good point. Cause that was kind of a notable change in their tenor on that, mm-hmm. um, on, on delivery. You know, and it's worth pointing out that DoorDash is not going to take this step with McDonald's. McDonald's does do a markup. It is probably, I think, believe a little bit more modest than some others. But, you know, some certain companies are not uh, subject to these particular rules. And I would suspect McDonald's is probably a big one. I, you know, I mean, I it's I mean, it's 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 notable. I mean, I always go back to Domino's and I mean, I you know, it's it's worth pointing out before I get into this. that, that a Pizza is fundamentally different than all these other concepts. You know, pizza is more of a commoditized thing in the restaurant business i mean there's no i'm gonna get somebody's gonna shoot me for this one but but but, i mean the quality difference between domino's and papa john's and little caesars and pizza is just not that great and so they're mostly pricing over uh you know they're mostly competing over price and value and, and speed and technology and things of that nature and you know and they also do a lot of they do battle right now seriously with frozen pizza and, um, you know, last year, frozen pizza sales were up 11%. You know, I think of those four chains, the strongest growth number in total sales, uh, not same source sales, but total sales, because that's how you have to measure it, was 2.4% among those chains. You know, what's, what's happened with pizza is, is, is fascinating. And to me is, you know, one of the concerns that I have is that maybe you're just seeing this delivery pull back there first. And if the economy continues to, if we do head up into a recession, to me, I have to believe it's hard for me to believe that consumers are going to continue to pay some of these markups on delivery. You know, Domino's same store sales on delivery orders in the fourth quarter on a three-year basis going back to 2019. How much would you guess they were up on a three-year basis? Hmm. If you had to just throw out a number, knowing that how much delivery took off in 2000. Are they up? Are they even up? They're up 3.3% on a three-year basis. Okay. 3.3%. Well, I mean, on an an inflation-adjusted basis, that's probably down in somewhere in the 10-plus percent range. Right. I mean, mean, if you – it's – I mean, yeah, they're up still but i mean they've lost almost all of the delivery sales that they had gained during the pandemic and then basically lost a substantial amount of traffic on delivery. but is that because there are so many other options now with doordash and there are that is some of it uh but you know um i mean there is just a lot more competition you know and if you're ordering delivered food you certainly 
you know, that is a significant issue. And it is also worth pointing out that a couple of years ago, Domino's did note that its primary competition is third party delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, but I go back to the frozen pizza sales and frozen pizza sales are up 10%. Um, that 10% is probably coming from delivered pizza where people would say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to cut back. I'm going to get frozen pizza. There's more deals on frozen pizza these days. Grocery stores really took some share with by pricing pizza, uh, frozen pizzas. And, and, and that's sort of one of the results of it. Um, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of it was normalization, just simple normalization of the restaurant space where you had people, you know, I mean, you're dining out in restaurants a lot, you know, I mean, more than you did in 2020 for sure. And early 2021 and a lot of other people are, I mean, so the restaurant industry is normalized. That's a lot of it as well. You know, we're not sitting at home ordering delivery. So, I mean, it's all three of those, those factors, you know, but my concern is that they're, you know, that's sort of a canary in the coal mine where, you know, where in a situation where that growth isn't there as much as it is, you know, we could see that pricing pushback intensify. And that's where I get concerned with what DoorDash is doing was I think that they see a potential for the rest, you know, they see some potential where they could lose some business and that growth ends because I mean, the subway order that I made, I made an order for subway and it was almost twice as much. Uh, and it cost me $30 to get, um, one drink and a 12 inch sub, not a 12 foot sub, a 12 inch <laughs> sub. I, I, and the subway is so dang close. I mean, I, you know, that saved me 10 minutes. I, you know, I mean, it is like $15 worth 10 minutes. No, not to me. And it, like the other interesting thing is like Chris Keating, uh, who helped us. He's our head of events at restaurant business. Um, and he ordered McDonald's with his son and they both ordered at the same time, same order. One of them ordered DoorDash and then the other one went to McDonald's. He, Chris beat his, Chris beat the DoorDash order home. Hmm. I mean, I think, I mean, especially some of these, I mean, you can see a scenario where people like, you know, I mean, it's just faster, it's faster if I pick it up myself, but you know, yeah. I think it's just like it's a calculation every customer has to make. And as these prices go up, because the other thing, the other point we should probably make here is that restaurant prices in general have been going up for the past year. So they're already higher and then you're putting the markup on. And so I think that's where customers are really starting to feel it. Because even when they go out to eat, I mean, like Taco Bell used to be, you could get out Taco Bell with a $5 meal. You can't really do that anymore. So then you add a markup and it's not it's not a cheap meal at all. So I think that's where, you know, the calculation is shifting to maybe I can go get this myself or better yet, maybe I can order directly from the restaurant, which is what restaurants want. You can still order delivery mm-hmm. from, from Taco Bell but, and not go through DoorDash, I believe. I believe they have native delivery at Taco Bell. So that would be kind of a win for restaurants if they can take this opportunity to drive people to their first party channels. They can keep the data. They can pay a little less commission. And that's probably the best outcome here for everyone. But um, it's uh, it's something I, don't, I still don't think consumers really understand the nuance of that. 
No. I, I mean, I, there are surveys. Uh, I believe the association has a survey in which most people say they would rather order delivery directly from the restaurant and not from one of those third-party channels. I mean, I also, that's true. But it's also, I mean, I, I always go back to one of the issues is one of the real big advantages of DoorDash and Uber Eats, and I generally use DoorDash, it's more popular on here, is if if I order, is, is the fact that I can select from a number of different restaurants. Yeah. And, you know, the aggregation element of it is what really works. The same reason why you would, you know, go to like, you know, go to a price line to get a hotel. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's a, that, that in and of itself is, is a good comparison. And DoorDash has all kinds of deals, offers. You can do the uh, Dash Pass subscription and, you know, you have the delivery fees waived. I mean, there's a lot of perks to ordering through DoorDash that a restaurant can't really compete with. So yeah. that's why it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. No, I am not a delivery customer, just for the record. If I order. Oh, we've right talked here. about this. Yes. Yeah. But I see the convenience. Yeah. I, I do actually like it sometimes for, for pickup. You know, when you can have a restaurant where you can order pickup and, you know, and then that's, you know, that's not a bad thing, but that's not as, I don't know that that's, that's quite as popular, but it's, you know, I do actually like the, can be aggregation element of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also don't really like delivery mostly because, you know, I can get it faster myself. You know, plus I don't have somebody, and you know, I don't know. I mean, my, my delivery experience has been much better of late. So I, I, you know, I will say I think DoorDash is getting better just at the business of delivery, period. Yeah. But, you know, I, I still think that this cost element, I mean, to your point, you know, is, I mean, I had some legitimate sticker shock and I talked to a lot of friends who I have one friend who will forward me his receipts. When like he'll like you know like he goes to Five Guys and he'll for you know with his son he's like this thing cost me thirty dollars you know like it didn't cost me thirty dollars before I'm I'm sorry I mean I don't know I mean so I have friends that do that and 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 I I just get a sense on a you know that more people are seeing how much they're paying at fast food restaurants in particular and you know I mean. Whether that's, I don't think it's going to, the issue is is going to be limited to delivery, frankly. I think it's going to be broader than that. Though in April, restaurants continue, fast food restaurants continued to raise prices at a relatively high rate. Whereas full service restaurants and grocers, you know, uh, were either pulling back on price increases or were actually dropping them, which is the case at, at, at the grocery store. And you know, but yet you have fast food restaurants are still raising their prices at sort of an eight plus percent rate on an annualized basis. And even as their costs on labor and food are eased. And then on top of that, because you mentioned Starbucks, Starbucks is one of the companies that have that has added a tipping feature. And you see that in a lot of other different restaurants. So my my concern and it's not true at like i don't think it's it's not true like mcdonald's or burger king but a lot of these restaurants a lot of these fast food restaurants now have a tipping feature and the tip they're asking for is often plus 10 15 is often 15 20 you know the same you would tip at at a a full service restaurant which i think 
you know, so the real price that people are at some of these restaurants that some of these people are paying is actually up 30 plus percent because of the tip thing that they is a relatively new phenomenon in fast food restaurants, not all of them, but a lot of them. And so, so the real price that they're paying is 30% higher in some of these cases. So at what point do we see a a brand step up and say, we're lowering our prices? Nobody's ever going to lower their prices. I mean, no, no, I mean, if they do it, it's, if they do it, it'll be sort of gimmicky and they'll capture it on the other end. I mean, in the fast food restaurants are mostly dominated by the other issue. I mean, to your point, I mean, I think that there's possibly an opportunity going forward where somebody could say, hey, look, we are going to we are going to drop our price. We like you know, like Chipotle, for instance, you know, may, you know, it'd have to be a company run brand. You're a franchisee. I don't I don't I don't see that, but they don't control their prices. And so that's sort of a, a problem. But I mean, I think that is potentially an opportunity for a brand to step in and say, we're lowering our prices or they do some sort of offer where they where they market around it. But if you look at it, but then I'd imagine um, if you 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 take a deeper look, you'll still see that their prices are higher. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, you know, I mean, a lot of it depends. I mean, part of the the thing that's the phenomenon, the thing that we're still seeing, it's true with 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 DoorDash is people are still paying the prices. Mm-hmm. They're still paying the prices. And, you know, so they need the convenience. I mean, I think that's the issue with DoorDash. I mean, DoorDash, people are willing to pay the price because they need the delivery. You know, and we're only speculating that it's going to, we don't, we don't really have any, you know, the data does not show at the moment, unless there's something I'm missing. We only have rough anecdotal evidence from noodles and, we have data from Domino's, but that's a different phenomenon. Right now, people are paying to get these. They're paying the price. So, I mean, <laughs> it's just interesting. I mean, they're still willing to pay these higher prices. Yeah, but I think I think you'd agree that the, the, the vibe is changing a little bit. Yes. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. It's, it's definitely changing. And I think... I, I, my, my speculation is that as the year goes on, this is going to be a broader issue. And we're probably going to see more commentary that tells us that people don't like the prices that they're paying for delivery. I also believe that we are going to see consumers start to push back, just generally speaking, on some, some of these fast food prices. I think that's possibly if, if, you know, I mean, just broadly speaking, if restaurants will start pulling back their prices, I, I think that you're going to start seeing some um, some pushback. And, and maybe we have a scenario where where some brands can step in and, and market around it. But for one reason or another, I, I just think that this is it's the time, frankly, for restaurants broadly to hold back on price increases. That's absolutely where I see DoorDash is correct. I just think it's a different phenomenon when we're talking about delivery because that costs money. Mm -hmm. I don't disagree with, I mean, delivery should cost more. No question. Right. I mean, it's a service. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think it should. I can't really fault anyone here for doing what they're doing. I mean, DoorDash has to cover its costs as well and those they have high costs so it's just up to the consumer yeah. and they haven't totally stepped on the brake yet they're pumping the brakes maybe but yeah 
Yeah. So I want to change up real quick uh, for a couple of quick minutes. Uh, I hear you went to Sweet Green. Yeah. This week. How how was that? I didn't didn't realize that you were a salad buff. No, it wasn't just any Sweet Green. It was the new automated Sweet Green in yeah. Naperville, Illinois. How was it? You know, it was really cool. I have been writing a lot lately in my column about, you know, there's too much automation. I'm worried about what's going to happen to restaurants when they're fully automated in 10 years, as people seem to think is going to happen. And, uh, you know, you're losing this human element that is, to me, kind of important to the whole industry. But at the Sweet Green, where they've basically got the make line automated. So pretty much every part of the salad making process is handled by this, basically a conveyor belt that dispenses each ingredient and then mixes up your salad. But there is still a lot of actual human involvement. They've got people prepping the, you know, chopping the lettuce, cooking the potatoes, the things that go in the salad. They're right in the front of the store with big glass windows so you can see what they're doing with the with the food. At the end of the process, a human employee adds some, you know, toppings to your bowl that kind of finishes it off. And there's a concierge who helps because all the ordering is done on kiosks, you know, which, you know, I'm not a huge fan of kiosks, but there's someone there to help you. Kiosk experience was fine. They got a big dining room. They got a patio. They got music playing. It was really fun. It was a cool environment. And the robot itself was was cool. I mean, it was something to look at and and kind of engage with in its own right. So I think that they have they they're onto something there. And the upshot for them is that it's so much faster. I mean, I ordered two separate salads, um, one for myself and then one I took home to my wife. And each one took you know maybe two three minutes to make. And, uh, you know, no employees were needed to do the mixing. And the if you've been to Sweetgreen, it's kind of labor intensive when you go along the line and they make your salad for you. So, I mean, it was busy by the time I left and, and it seemed to be people were getting churned in and out thanks to the robot. So I think it could uh, I think it could be good for them, but it's probably going to be a slow, slow rollout. I think they've got one more this year they want to open at least. Yeah. I tend to think that these robot digital kitchens are sort of like concept cars. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like that, that essentially at this particular point that, that they're, they're showing off the technology that's going to come down the line. Um, but I mean, now this is the, I mean, this is something sweet green's been working on for a while. They bought spice. Um, that's, that's, yeah, that's the technology. Is that, that's the technology that came from that. Yeah. Spice built the, the robot and they had their own two or three restaurants in Boston. Mm hmm. Um, and then yeah, sweet green bottom, which I think is pretty smart. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes, but, uh, definitely worth, worth paying attention to, uh, Joseph, this was great. Uh, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me. This was fun. And that should do it for this week's episode of a deeper dive, which was edited as always by Kimmy Kazmarek. Artwork by Nico Hines. You may find this in other episodes of the podcast on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com backslash article backslash deeper dash dive. You may also subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else you get your podcasts. I'm Jonathan Mays, the editor-in-chief of Restaurant Business and the producer of A Deeper Dive. Thank you for listening.
Increase covers, not costs. It's time to level up with Talk, the restaurant industry's leading reservation platform. Join today using promo code RESTAURANTS3 for three months free off of your base subscription. Terms and conditions apply. Go to jointalk.com slash podcast. That's jointalk.com slash podcast.